Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. 25 years ago, a group of far-sighted technologists and librarians realized that someone would have to archive the internet. To understand the evolution of our civilization, they figured we'd need a record of all those web pages, then numbering in the hundreds of thousands, now in the billions. And so the Internet Archive and eventually Wayback Machine were born, and they remain crucial institutions. Today, the founder of the Internet Archive, Brewster Kale, and two scholars join us for a discussion on the Internet that was, the Internet that is, and the Internet that could be. But first, historic rain totals from Marin to Sacramento led to flooding across the region. We'll recap the wild weekend of real weather. That's coming up next, after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. After record wildfires and drought declarations across our region, the historic levels of precipitation we got over the weekend were truly something to behold. Clearly, we want the rain, but an atmospheric river that dumped over 10 inches of rain in some places just scarred by fires seemed like a too wild swing. To fill us in is KQED's Dan Brecky. Thanks for joining us, Dan. Hey, uh, Alexis. Good to see Good to hear you. So it's wild. I mean, how about that rain? I mean, I've been reading reports of record rain in parts of Marin, Sacramento, uh, I think had the number one rain day in its history. So what did we really see over the weekend and where were the biggest impacts? Well, I think the word you used at the top there, historic, is is really appropriate. I mean, um, this is going to go down with some of the great uh, Bay Area and Northern California storms that we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. The uh, October 1962 storms that uh, if you're old enough, um, you know, delayed the World Series between the Giants and the Yankees. The uh, December 1964 storms that um, caused devastating floods in in parts of Northern California. Uh, What we saw this weekend actually wasn't uh, at at that level. Um, And and many others um, down through the years. You know, there were countless records broken. Um, San Francisco is on the verge of having its rainiest October ever. And um, 
you know, I will admit, uh, you know, I said this on one of the newscasts earlier, when I woke up around two o'clock in the morning and heard rain pounding on the roof here in Berkeley, I was thinking, okay, enough already. <laughs> and um, it's just, you know, it is a really wild swing and um, it's, it's a little hard to get your arms around. Yeah. Well, and even by the numbers, I saw that meteorologists were noting that for our sort of, for the latitude and longitude of the storm, it had the lowest pressure recording ever. So, I mean, it was really, truly a historic storm. Uh, it it was. And, and, you know, people have been talking about this bomb cyclone, you know, bomb cyclone is a, a term that goes back to World War II. Actually, I've read that Norwegian meteorologists came up with it uh, during World War II when they knew something about bombs. And uh, it, it just means a very rapidly deepening um, storm center, low pressure center. And that's what we saw. And that was one of the things that drove the, the, the rain we saw. It wasn't just the moisture. We had an unbelievably um, wet uh, tongue of air coming up, coming in from the Pacific, but it was also the dynamics produced by this really intense storm center that, that resulted in this, this huge rain. So both looking at the weather models as well as looking outside <laughs> where the sun is shining, is this event basic? This is over, at least in this region. Yeah, this is over for now. I mean, it's moving south. Uh, they're, they're having very heavy rain on parts of the central coast. Some worries about whether uh, there will be rock slides along Highway 1, you, as we usually see in this kind of uh, weather. Um, and then uh, it'll move into Southern California. There's rain forecast, uh, pretty good rain uh, you know, from Santa Barbara, uh, all the way over to Los Angeles and uh, and even further south. So that's where the rain's headed yeah. now. So what do we know about when this kind of rain was hitting these sort of fresh burn scars? Um, do what happened in that in that interaction? Well, you know, I think to a certain extent we're still waiting to see some of the places where the really heavy rains were hitting in the Dixie Fire burn scar. Now that's in the Feather River watershed, Plumas and, and Lassen counties, and the Calder River, uh, the Calder Fire uh, uh, burn scar along Highway 50 and up toward Lake Tahoe. You know, we people haven't really gotten back in there yet to, to see, but you know, US 50 was closed by flooding. It still is closed, I believe, by flooding. And then they've got snow further up this morning. Um, I think we're waiting to see, but you know, so much water moves so quickly that the natural uh, occurrence is you'll see rock slides and mudslides. And there were some of those along the Feather River Canyon. Um, I think we saw almost equally dramatic effects here in the, um, right here in the, the Central Bay Area. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, I'm sorry about the phone there. No problem. But, um, anyway, um, you know, uh, flooding in in the North Bay and and actually pretty much everywhere in the Bay Area. Low level floods, but flooding nonetheless. But everywhere, yeah. You know, one of the things that I was noticing, um, looking at some of the record breaks uh, in the the different cities of the of the Bay, was that very few of those records that it you know this storm was surpassing uh, occurred in October. You know, it's like November, December, January, which you know matches my experience as a, as a Bay Area resident. Is this sort of is it meaningful that this storm hit uh, in October? Well, I think it's meaningful that a storm this intense hit in this October after two very, very dry years. I mean, how it ranks in October storms, I mean, there is actually some precedent, and that's because occasionally 
typhoons on the other side of the Pacific can actually do this thing that they call recurving. They can actually travel north toward the Aleutians and Alaska and actually come back and, and sort of hit us in North America. I mentioned 1962. Some people call that the Storm King because there were huge, huge storms along, or one gigantic storm along the West Coast from uh, Washington State to the South. But it is very unusual. And typically we see a, a storm with this much moisture and, um, and this much ferocity much later in the season, December, January, February. So a uh, couple other topics to uh, touch on here. Is it fair to say that fire season is over with this storm? I think it's fair to say it's over over and done with completely uh, in the northern half of the state. I think it's a little bit more of a mixed picture in the southern half. Mm-hmm. The Sierra Nevada have gotten lots of rain all the way to the south, the south end of the chain. But there are parts of Southern California that are still pretty dry. And, you know, there is a, you know, just a a normal climatic phenomenon that we see where they will get Santa Ana winds down there, uh, even into December. Uh, In 2017, uh, 2018, rather, we had the Thomas fire in Santa Barbara County. uh, And I think that's something we have to to really watch. Now, they may get enough rain today where they're going to be in good shape, but I don't think you can ever say it's completely done with in California. Mm-hmm. In our part, yes. Well, that is good news. <laughs> Just as it pulls out, that is good news. Um, uh, listener John in Antioch asks: Is this storm going to be a one and done? And perhaps more importantly, how many storms like this do we need to end the drought? We need lots of storms like this to end the drought. Um, this storm is kind of one and done. If you look at the uh, the six to ten day and eight to fourteen day outlooks from the Climate Prediction Center, uh, NOAA's uh, CPC, mm-hmm. um, you'll see that we're expecting below normal uh, precipitation in most of the West, including California, for the next two weeks. And so this is no, we're not going to have a follow up atmospheric river type storm. Um, we simply don't really know beyond that, um, you know, and, and then the question about the drought, you know, here's one amazing statistic, Lake Oroville, which has been at historic low levels, picked up 100,000 acre feet of water in just the last 24 hours. That is a heck, yeah, that's a heck of a lot of water. That's enough water for 200,000 households for a year, <laughs> 33 billion gallons. But it's only 26% full. The reservoir is just 26% full. So they have that far to go. And of course, the drought is about so much more than reservoir numbers, right? There is untold stress on our natural environment. We know in the last big drought, 100 million trees or more died in the Sierra. And those forests have been subjected again to very serious stress. So we won't really know uh, for a while, what the impact of the recent drought is, or what it's going to take to get us out of this. But we're nowhere near what we need to say that the drought is over. It will improve in Northern California. That's the, a forecast that just came out from NOAA, but um, it, it ain't over. And it seems like places like Marin, especially, that are so reliant on actual rainfall and not 
rain falling in other parts of the state might benefit from this too? Well, their reservoirs started to bounce a little bit at the end of uh, last week, and I was looking to see whether they had posted their numbers. The uh, Marin Municipal Water District, they had not posted their uh, weekend numbers. So there, there will be uh, an improvement in those reservoirs there, which are very low. Very low, yeah. Um, want to ask about the climate link here. You know, in the past, many scientists were cautious about attributing any single weather event to a changing climate. This time around, you know, climate scientists, I, I follow, I think many people do, uh, Weather West uh, on, yes. on Twitter, Daniel Swain. You know, when he wrote, it's worth noting that this exact situation, an extremely strong atmospheric river, bringing a brief period of record rainfall in midst of severe and temperature amplified drought, is what we expect to see in California with climate change does seem like this is really like right in the meat of uh, the center of the predictions for what's supposed to happen uh, here going forward. Oh, for sure. And I took note of that same tweet and I actually went and rented the paper. I haven't finished reading it yet. Um, But I mean, you know, what what he and his colleagues uh, posited in this paper they published in 2019 was that the winter we saw in 2016 and 17 which was historically wet, really, really soaking wet everywhere in California, um, following a historically deep and devastating drought is something that we ought to be expecting in the future. So what we don't know at the threshold of our wet season now, and remember, we're just at the very beginning, is whether we're going to be looking at 60 straight days of dry, sunny weather in January and February, whether when it should be raining or whether it will be a repeat of 16 and 17. Just don't know. Where it really felt. That was like the Noah's Ark winter. (laughs) Yeah. Just like it has has literally been raining for 60 days. Yeah. Um, You know, in Sacramento, one of the things that was wild was they set a record for like the driest continuous stretch. Then set their all-time ever precipitation record uh, yesterday. Yeah, uh, those are, that's, a, that's an extreme swing. And um, listen, we all saw uh, some part of that wherever you were yeah. in, the, in the Bay Area. This was so, uh, so intense for so long. And, and I think the other thing that people saw that was shocking, for instance, in the North Bay, the, in, along the tributaries of Corte Madera Creek, like Fairfax and San Anselmo, Sleepy Hollow, um, those creeks flashed up to flood stage or very close to flood stage almost instantaneously. And the same with the Napa River and parts of the Russian River. That was KQED editor Dan Brecky, who's been tracking this atmospheric river. Thanks, Dan. I'm Alexis Madrigal. We'll be right back after a short break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.